0: The real meaning behind your favorite songs. Not just big hits, but iconic culture-changing pieces of art. This is Anatomy of a Song on Feedback. We talked about um, what is the perfect song. That's that's pretty damn close.
1: It's uh, it's one of the great earworms of all time, Absolutely. isn't it? I mean, it's just it's the just...
0: melody. It's melodically, it's just, it's so beautiful. Series XM106, it's volume feedback. Nick Carter, Lori Majewski, and with another anatomy of a song, our good friend from the Wall Street Journal, uh, Mark Myers. And it's so funny. I Growing up, I said to Lori earlier, this was like their last legit hit this 78 and then let's groove in 1981 but before that you forget i mean like growing up big time growing up like literally everyone i knew uh in my neighborhood and my friends had the double live gratitude album spirit everything they had so many hits and when you think about it the fact that they got there from 1978 they start as a jazz band. Yeah, they're like the Duke. They're like the Count Basie of disco. You
1: yeah, know? I mean, they're just like one brassy hit after the next. I mean, the Jazz Crusaders, the Crusaders were pretty hot too, but these guys were just dominant. I mean, we, just hit after can hit. Can
0: I do after one after thing hit. real fast, dude? Look up "Sweet Sweetback's Badass" song, like Sweetback <laughs> ah, movie, Sweetback's theme, 1971. Yeah. You would never know that that band became this band. Yeah. It's unbelievable, the transition. It's true. This song, when
1: it it hits your head, it's so up that you just can't... The the only song that you can de worm this with, the only song that takes this away is Groovin' by The Rascals. (laughs) (laughs) It'll take it away. It's the only thing that'll knock it out and, you know,
0: get it out of your head. Well, listen to this. Just like Sweet theme, it's like 1971. So seven years prior. I mean...
1: (laughs) Same sort of evolution as cool in the gang when you think yeah. about it, right?
0: Well, cool. I mean, cool. They bring in JT because they never really had like a front man, a focused front man. They be- then they became a pop band. Right. But Earth, Wind & Fire, I mean, you know, even through the 70s, the mid-70s when they're like, that's the way of the world, you know, like Shining Star. Devotion, yeah, you know, they were like the biggest
2: group in the country. Yeah, Sun God, they were massive. Sing a
0: song is still my favorite song ever by them, but I mean, but they, but they basically were an R and B band, right? September is just, I mean, it's. It can be called disco, but it's such a pop song. I agree with you
1: 100%. It's a pack of gum, and it's just this greatest pack of gum. gum, You know, it's just this wonderful, sweet thing, you know? Really, really good. Earth, Wind, and Fire in 1978 actually planned to release two albums that year. The first was their first volume of greatest hits, and the other was a new one, new studio album called I Am. Um, which had a number of hits on it, as we as we all know, but back then the record industry was aware of they they, they were becoming aware of the limitations of greatest hits albums. Um, so instead of just like loading everything onto there, all the hits onto there, and just pushing it out into the market, Columbia ad- wanted to add a new single. Um, and when you think about it. That's, it became sort of the standard modus operandi for a lot of record companies. Keep in mind, um, if I recall, Donna Summers' On the Radio was a Greatest Hits album, yep. but they put this new single on there and blew it out of the water in terms of sales. It was a very shrewd, clever move by the record industry to turbocharge a Greatest Hits album. To well, make that it was more. the song.
0: On the Radio was a new song. Correct. They put it on there,
1: yeah. That's it. Um, so, Earth, Wind & Fire needed a new single, for this first volume of Greatest Hits, which would come out first. I am would come out later, but um, uh, this, the Greatest Hits album would come out before it. Um, Earth, Wind & Fire's leader, Maurice White, liked this groove that Al McKay, the, the, guitar, the band guitarist, had, had put together. And he thought, well, let's do something with that because it's kind of catchy and it's got a great feel, but we need some words. So Maurice jotted down phrases, but they needed polish. And they they you know, Maurice called up Allie Willis. Allie spelled A L L E E Willis. Um she well, we'll get to her in a minute, but the result was September, one of Earth Wind and Fire's top I think probably their top feel good song, wouldn't you say?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think when I saw them live last year, it's it's absolutely the apex of the concert.
1: It's like the Isley Brothers shout. I mean, it's just everybody's up and it's everybody's, it's like the end, pretty much the encore or the end song. Um, when it was released in November 78, the single had climbed to number eight on Billboard's pop chart and number one on the R&B chart. It's not in the Grammy Hall of Fame. Oh. I know. There's only two Earth, Wind & Fire songs in the Grammy Hall of Fame. Um, Shining Star and That's the Way of the World, which should be in there. Um, But what's more, the song didn't win a Grammy that year. Um, That's because I Am, their second album, beat them out, beat out September. Um, After the Love is Gone and Boogie Wonderland um, uh, won Grammys that that same year. Um, And Allie Willis, you know, actually co-wrote Boogie Wonderland. I mean, she's she's this uh, under-the-radar major force in songwriting. Um, So who is she? But before I dive in, um, let's listen to three songs that Ellie Willis had a strong hand in. Let's do the first that I just mentioned.
0: This is where I started to lose faith. Yeah.
1: (laughs) This was a huge hit for them too. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It's not, it doesn't have the elegance of September.
0: But I mean, this was a disco smash.
1: Yeah. It basically, it's the uh, same. It's the same jump down as um, Disco Inferno, right?
2: Yes. When I saw them last year, this was maybe next to September the most popular dance song of the night. It has enough cheese to it, good, but when you point. see it live, there's so <laughs> many bits to it. Yeah. All the different instruments come in.
1: Definitely. Um, Let's do the second one. I don't want to tell you what it is, but most listeners are going to be surprised. This is also Allie Willis. Yeah. She co-wrote this song as
0: well. She's going to eat off of this forever. The Rembrandts, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah it'll be a reruns for some time. And she also did the score for the color purple on Broadway in two thousand she also had a hand wow. in the score, yeah, in two thousand five. Here's um here's Big Dog. Let's just get a taste of it.
0: There's my field, there's my cattle, there's my men. He won't his hand box hot
1: and his den don't want to hear. Let's uh let's learn a little bit about. Let's learn a little more about who this mystery figure, Allie Willis, is and how she has a hand in September. Because without her, um, there really aren't lyrics. Um, there really, you know, I mean, Maurice, in short, has a bunch of lyric phrases that he jots down, throws down on a sheet of paper, but he brings her in to, get, to bring the polish, to really bring something with meat on the bone, so to speak. Allie's born in 1947 and grew up in Detroit. Uh, she's a music-crazy kid uh, in Detroit, and, you know, that town will do it to you back in the early 60s. Um, on this, this, is how, this is how freak she was for music. On the weekends, she had her parents drop her off at Motown's Hitsville, the house, and she sat on the lawn in front, listening to the beats and riffs going on inside, just just to hear what was happening at this place.
0: I yeah, guess. the studio's in the basement. It's, it's literally a house.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> it. And it tied together and boom, 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 boom. She could hear it all. And as a result of that experience, weekend after weekend, she knew Motown hits by the beats and bass. She could tell you any. Motown hit. Just by hearing a bass or a drum, she knew exactly what it was because she'd be there all day long listening to what was going on in there. But let's—I thought what we do here is let's listen to what Allie would have heard, right? Um, and here's here's a rehearsal take. Uh, I had to go into my own archives for these. Listen, let's listen to a rehearsal take of "Love Is Like uh, Love Is Like an Itching in My Heart" by the Supremes. Thank you.
2: One more, follow, uh, One more like that, and I'm through. <laughs> These earphones is gone One, two,
1: three. So this is a rehearsal for Love is Like an Ancient in My Heart Listen to that, listen, Jam- listen to James Jameson on this hey, Jameson sounds like uh, <laughs> the intro to Uptight Yeah Ooh. Xylophone It's like a typewriter, right? Yeah, that's great, okay so let's also listen to um, "Ain't Nothing Like the Real Thing." But th- this is how this song was done. Um, Tammy actually, Tammy Terrell actually recorded her vocal first with background singers, and Marvin came in after and overdubbed his vocal on top of hers.
0: Okay, like no mountain high.
1: Yeah, well, like a lot of them. I mean, Marvin would it always in videos and on TV they're together, but when they recorded this. You know, you get t- you get the harder vocal down first, Tammy, which could have mistakes and pitchy things and other things going on. And once Tammy's is down on tape, you just bring Marvin in to go, you know, to do his smooth thing right over the top, and it sounds perfect. You don't have to worry about it.
2: Is this one of your first Anatomy of a Songs that you brought us? No. I remember us talking in depth about Ain't No Mountain High uh,
1: Yeah, yeah. Now that was about probably a year ago. Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Yeah. Um, but let's listen to let's listen to the uh, what 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 Allie would have heard. This is. Just just Tammy putting down her track on Ain't, Nothin like the real thing.
0: Ain't Nothing Like the Real Thing. Like the real thing
1: now, this is why Marvin gets paid what Ain't he did. Because this is basically a blank canvas. Decidedly less yeah. punchy. So let's listen to Marvin on top, of Sammy, on top of Tammy there so you can hear what this thing sounds like full. Ooh, hey. like the real now, of course, there's sweetening on there. you got the strings in there. So anyway, this is what Allie's sitting out on the lawn as a kid. You know, she's listening to all this stuff. After high school, Allie goes to the University of Wisconsin. She majors in journalism and advertising. But the music bug really has her. And in 69, um, she moves to New York to get a job in the record business. And she interviews at Columbia Records for an ad copywriter job. And she brings her portfolio. Um, But the head of the ad department doesn't think much of her college portfolio. He's sort of chuckling while he's going through it. And he goes, you're not really ready. But look, you know, the secretary's needed here all the time. Classic classic early 70s line. Um, and he sends her upstairs to take a secretarial typing test. And just as she's about to fail her 11th <laughs> try, Ali's so funny, um, the head of advertising calls. His secretary had just told him that she's leaving, uh, going down, I think it was going back to Jamaica for a period of time. And he needed a secretary ASAP. So Ali is sent Back downstairs. So in the months ahead, Allie types up copy, gets the hang of it, and becomes a junior copywriter. Um, one day in 72, on a bus to work from the Upper West Side for, in her apartment, she's listening to her transistor radio, you know, against the window. She just, like, has her radio with her all the time. And this song comes on.
0: This song literally makes me weep.
1: <laughs> literally. So, Allie loves the song, right? But she doesn't hear the song. She has better. She thinks she has better lyrics. She wants to put a new set of lyrics on this, and as a, sort of an exercise, so she writes this new set of lyrics to the melody. But she can't play piano because Allie doesn't read or write or play you know, music at all. She just has those beats from Motown. I mean, she's basically schooled outside of Motown listening to what's going on inside. Um, but she writes these lyrics to, to a separate set of lyrics for the Gilbert O'Sullivan Alone Again, Naturally. Um, and uh, she invites a friend over who can play piano over to her place. And she tells him she wants to turn the lyrics that she wrote into another song. I mean, she just used that as a springboard and created um, new lyrics um, that she wanted to turn into a song itself. Um, So her friend brings over sheet music to a song. He flips. This is really fascinating. He flips to the last page. It's a popular song. We'll play it in a moment. But he plays the chords backward. To give her a new song, because playing the chords backward is a new song. It's you know the 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 chords forward is one song, but when you play these chords backward, it's a different song. Um, And it's so, so you know for the listener, imagine listening to a sentence and listening to the words backward. That's what is, That's the same thing. Um, there's no copyright issues here because chords can't be copyrighted, only melodies. Uh, so basically it's just chord changes, but it's backward to make it a completely different song. The song that he brought over and the chords that he played backward went to this next song. <sighs> ¶¶ The Jackson Fives Never Can Say Goodbye from 71. Um, So Allie writes two more songs. She feels she's got the hang of it. Uh, She records a demo, brings it to her boss at Columbia. He loves it. He brings the demo to the head of Epic Records, which is part of Columbia. Uh, And Allie's signed to do an album. You know, she's like they this, these are great. right? seven more songs, we'll have ten, and you know, let's let's see what we can do. So she writes seven more songs, records all ten in 1972, and the album that's released in '74 is called Child Star, and it's a sleeper album. Very few people know about it, but the people who know about it know how cool it is. It really is a very interesting album. Um, and you know, so so what did that song sound like? That the lyrics were written to Alone Again Naturally, but the chords moving backward to the Jackson 5's Never Can Say Goodbye. Here's Allie singing her song, Ain't No Man Worth It, um, from the album Child Star. And this is Allie singing. When I left my mom's side Blushing mixed up pride. Right. Oh, they no
2: trick, but I cried when I tried.
1: My man, was tears. So this song's got a number of twists and turns. It's really quite an interesting song, but she has this really She has this really high feel to, to it and there's almost a Laura Nero-ish kind of feel right sound let's listen to uh, what kind of shoes does amber wear which also is from child Star. If you can find it grab it it's it's a really fun album you can hear it's from my collection right <laughs> it has got the hisses and everything
0: yeah you gotta take better care of your vinyl mark <laughs>
1: So this album comes out in 74. Epic sends her out on the road. Allie never performed before, uh, but thanks to her friend, backup singer Sharon Redd, Allie is backed by Bette Midler's singers. Now, if Sharon Red. If that name doesn't ring a bell, her big hit in the 70s was Can You Handle It, the big disco song. Um, at any rate, she's a member of Bette Midler's backup singers. Um, they go out on the road. Uh, Allie and Sharon become friends. That's actually a critical friendship in the evolution of uh, September. There's Can You Handle It. Yeah. Sharon Rudd. Man, this was huge.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Studio 54 still plays this.
1: <laughs> yeah. um, so the stage dresses out, Allie. I mean, she's completely fried. And at one point, she just walks off the stage in a college campus. I mean, she, three people are eating hot dogs in the cafeteria in the front. There's a psych class being held in the back. And she's like saying, this is not happening for me. It's, this is this is not a place where I want to be. And she says to herself, you know what? I'm, I'd rather try to be a songwriter than sweat this out as a performer. Uh, naturally, you know, the next thing that happens is Epic drops her because she's not touring for her album. And Allie figures, if I'm going to starve, I'm going to be warm. And she moves to L.A. Um, and she, you know, puts her tape together. She goes out to 19 publishers. All of them pass. The last one, the 20th one she visits is a and Irving Music. She's hired um, and she gets artists. Artists record her songs, but they're minor they're, 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 you know, I don't even know if any of them are hits. They're maybe like a hundred and one on the charts or something. And she's still on food stamps. I mean, she's still struggling. And one day Sharon Red uh, calls up Ally and she she you know she says, "Listen, um, Patty, I, I'm, I'm working with Patty LaBelle up in San Francisco. She's going to call you." And Patty calls and. Uh, she flies Allie up to San Francisco and Allie thinks it's, you know, I've finally broken through, but Patty hooks her up with Herbie Hancock and they write a few songs. Um, it's fine. You know, Allie loves Herbie Hancock, but, you know, she thought it was like, you know, going to be for Patty LaBelle. Um, but, you know, so she has fun with, with Herbie. They they do a number of songs. I think it was three of them on one of his uh, albums before, it's probably right after uh, Head or some Chameleon. Um but at this point, she's also I- introduced to Verdine White, uh, the bass player uh, for Earth, Wind and & Fire, and also Maurice's brother. Um, Verdine needed a collaborator for another project. Uh, Allie and Verdine write a few songs together, and Verdine is indebted, and he says, look, I'm going to tell Maurice about you. I really am. And, you know, Allie's basically <laughs> Allie's Ali's Ali's like, yeah, okay, that's really going to happen. Like, first of all, Earth, Wind & Fire is really hot, and last time I checked, I'm on food stamps. Allie's really funny. She's so funny. Really, really funny. And she's relating this to me. It's like, you know, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, so a couple nights later, the phone rings, and it's Maurice White. And Maurice says, listen, I heard a lot of great things about you from Verdeen. Uh, and he, how would you like to come down to the studio at our rehearsal space and Will you work on, help me work on songs for I Am for the, for our next album? You know, Allie, of course, has by this point dropped the phone. She's crawling around looking for the phone on the floor. I mean, she can't believe it. And she goes, I, I, Yeah, I think I can make that. That's fine. No problem. Um, when she arrives, Maurice hands her a sheet with a phrase, um, with phrases on it. And the song at the top says September. They had to write the song. Um, before the songs for the studio album, I Am. They had to write September before um, the songs for I Am because they had to get the the Greatest Hits album out. And Maurice uh, hands her uh, the sheet and Ali Ali gets to work.
0: All right, we're going to pause right there because the story, we haven't even scratched the surface. The twists and turns. We'll be back with the gripping conclusion of September (laughs) on Feedback. Stick around.
2: You're listening to Feedback with Nick and Lori.
0: Into the history of the iconic hits that changed rock, RB, and pop. This is Anatomy of a Song on Feedback. God, I, you know. I grew up, and I don't even play bass, but I stand Verdine White so hard. That guy's a
1: beast. And it's just insane. When you listen to this, and we will, to the bass line broken out, it's just a monster. It's it's really, this whole thing is the vocal and the bass line.
0: Yeah. Philip Bailey. Somebody joked yesterday, Philip Bailey's voice is so high, even dogs are like, what the hell is that? (laughs) Anyway, it's volume, Nick Carter, Lori Majewski, Mark Myers, and Wall Street Journal. We're hip deep in yet another anatomy of a song that would be uh, that song, September by EWNF.
1: Yeah, let's pick it up. So, so Allie, you know, Maurice gives Allie a sheet of paper. It's got a bunch of phrases on it. It says September at the top. He says, let's get this one done first. We got to record it. And the next day, they start working at Allie's office in L.A. at Elmo Irving. Um, Allie really hated... On that sheet of paper, badia. Um, Now, for those who think they're singing party on or all in all, they're actually singing badia.
0: You know what, Laurie, like we we were like singing along to that yesterday. And when I read that in your piece, I'm like, "Who?" I mean, I understand fudged lyrics, but who doesn't hear badia? Who hears party? I I
2: never did. I always really? heard all in uh, all.
0: That's that's all the num-
2: all? They did a poll. That, all all, I don't get that. that at all. They did a poll. I heard that for years and years. All
1: in the all. number one, the, the number one thing people thought they were singing was "Party on," and number two
0: was "All in all." Party on. before there
2: was Google, you, I think that's what people
0: thought. I yeah. I swear to God, I and I'm half deaf because I rock my headphones so high. I never ever heard anything but body on," and I was like, oh, that's a little pedestrian, but it works. Listen, I think party
1: I, still, on. I, I still I still I still think the that. rascals were singing you and me and Leslie <laughs> on the
2: grooving
1: instead <clears throat> of you and me endlessly um yeah, so she felt she felt it was a phonetic placeholder. I mean, she felt it was lazy. You know, she felt it was like, okay, we're just dropping that in, and, she, and you know, so we
2: come she, up with the real thing. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the real
1: thing. As, <laughs> as, as I said when I was doing Keith, the Keith Richards anatomy a bunch of months ago, um, where he has this vowel thing that he does when he's putting words to a song on his album, he's sort of singing all these vowels to sort of get the feel for it before he puts real words down. Badia was really, you know, one of those musician, one of those singer things devices where you start singing that. And then you come up with real lyrics. Maurice said, no. He said, we're keeping that. I really think we should keep it. And she's just rolls her eyes and they keep working. Um, what's what was fascinating about my interview with Allie is she kept the sheet of paper that Maurice had handed her. And I asked her, so what did it say? And she she goes down the um, she goes down the, the, the lyrics that the, the phrases that Maurice left and I was able to compare that with the phrases that he gave her and her lyrics, so you get yeah. to see exactly what happened. So, you know, the the phrases he had on there. This is what Maurice had on the sheet of paper. This this sort of drafty thing. Do you remember the twenty first night, September? We were holding hands. Remember, there was never a cloudy day. Our hearts were ringing with our souls in tune to singing. And that's it for the, first, for the first verse. Now, keep in mind, that's his job. He's the leader of this group. I mean, he's doing a million things. That's why he brought her in. He bring, this isn't laziness or this isn't like ineptness. This is Maurice just dashing down a handful of ideas to get Allie started. She's being paid to write a song, write lyrics. So these are the phrases he, he dashes off. And this is what Allie turns them into. I mean, this is what's fascinating. Um, do you remember the 21st night of September? Love was changing the minds of pretenders while chasing the clouds away. Our hearts were ringing in the key that our souls were singing. Isn't that a great phrase? In the key that our souls were singing. As we danced in the night, remember how the stars stole the night away. I mean that's what that's what it sounds like in the big time. That's when a big time lyricist comes in and you know when you hear songs today where you really love the lyrics somebody whether it's the songwriter or someone brought in or someone who wrote them originally is an imma- an incredible song- phrase turner and word you know charmer. I mean it's just wonderful. I
2: like that word charmer.
1: Yeah, it's um and so for the second verse Maurice had Remember, there was never a cloudy day, I want to be with you, um, shaping all my time to be with you, our life was a rhyme, remember, there's never a cloudy day, you know, it's like, you know, here are the phrases, you know, so Allie turns these into, my thoughts are with you, holding hands with your heart to see you, only, this is, this is my favorite line, only blue talk and love, remember
0: how we knew love was here to stay. Does she mean, uh, that's, that was the first thing I thought. when Does she mean, when blue talk, does she mean like kind of like frisky, dirty, dirty talk? Dirty? Yeah. Got yeah. it. All right. Yeah. There you go. Um, but only blue talk and love.
1: That's, you know, that's just a wonderful, you know, you it, a great a great set of lyrics makes you think it doesn't literally spell anything doesn't doesn't shouldn't literally spell things out it should leave enough room so you don't quite the Beatles understood Lennon McCartney understood that Strawberry Fields Forever I mean you really your imagination is lit up you're you're part of the song you're in it you're 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 invested your mind is invested but those badiyahs were still driving her crazy. I mean, they appeared. She looked down this thing and she said, you know, it's like over 20 times that thing is in there, you know, kicking off cor- the, cor- the choruses. Um, and finally, on the last night of recording, she drops to her knees and grabs Maurice's thighs and says, please, please let me replace badiyah. It's really not good. We really want to get something. We got to get real words in there. And badiyah stayed. And this is what Ali told me when I interviewed her. I said, so what did you, th-? you know, obviously great song and all that. But, you know, at what point did you realize, yeah, okay, yeah, it's it's cool. She said, I learned the best lesson of my career. Um, never let the lyric get in the way of the groove. If the beat is there, the melody is there, and everything is working about the song, people listening will get what Badiya means. And that's really fascinating, don't you think?
2: Or they'll turn it into their own lyric.
1: Right. Or they'll call it party on <laughs> Or all in all. But to your point, you know, even though even though we're all laughing, that's another that's another that's another one of those get the listener invested because yeah. whatever the listener had, it's now part of their life. Well, when they I own used it. to
2: sing All in All, I just I thought it was this overarching theme that September was this like, you know, metaphor for a new season. You go back to school. Like I made up this entire song, what it meant to me. Uh-huh. And that's, then that's years good. later, when yeah. I learned the real words and, you know, you can Google them. And, oh, you know, I see that I, but it was open enough that I could do that. Right. But now I see, like, I never knew that blue lot, blue talk line.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know, the thing is, is that sometimes stuff, so it broke her from her rigidity. That things have to be like, okay, it's got to be, you know, real lyrics, and we've got to do it like every other song. And you know, Maurice White is. Looser than that. Yeah, what are you going to argue with Maurice White, who had how how
0: many gold records at that
1: point? (laughs) Yeah. But but you know he's creative. He's looser. He's the artist. He's he's swinging it. He's not. He's it's not every step. It's every other step. It's swing it. It's you know body ah. Yeah, that's how. That's what I feel. Put that in. Um. And and the band just swings it. You know the band really you know kicks that thing out. Especially if you watch that video, they're just having a blast in there. I mean, she was
2: the- like methodical about her approach, and she was thinking more. I and I I totally understand this as an editor and a type A person. I. I sometimes really welcome those creative types who like swing in and are like, like Lori, you're thinking too hard about this.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, we're all sitting here and there's all microphones in front of us and we're all doing the thing that we do. But what if like somebody said like, walk around the studio and take the mic in your hand or do this differently? And it's like, well, that's not really how it's done. You know, it's like, but the thing with music is, So long as the groove is there, so long as it's really happening, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. There's a
2: magic that goes beyond. It's spiritual. Yes,
1: it's spiritual. Yeah, it is. It is. So two years ago, uh, Ali is in touch still with Marilyn White, Maurice's widow. Maurice, I think, died in 2016. Yeah, I think. Yeah, very recent. Yeah, Um, and uh, Marilyn White. uh, Maurice's wife, um, and Allie had lunch a couple of years ago in, in L.A. And, you know, at some point, uh, Allie dresses, I, I, I don't know if the word centric is, is far enough for it. Uh, there's probably a French word for how uh, Allie, Allie dresses. It's way out there. I mean, she stands out no matter where she is. And... Um, somebody comes over, recognizes her, they come over to the table and they say, hi, I'm so-and-so, I love September. Listen, what does September 21st mean? I mean, what's the significance of that? And Ally says, oh, you know, listen, Maurice and I, we went through every single day of the month and 21st of September was, you know, was the best. The, it sang best. I mean, it really just sounded best. I There's thought it no, was the
2: first day of fall. I thought it had significance. See?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Ali said it had nothing to do with anything. And Marilyn cuts, jumps in and she says, what? She goes, the 21st day of September was the night my son Cabron was supposed to be born. And Ali's like, it's like a fork dropping moment. And she's like, for forty, she's telling, she's talking to me. She's saying, for forty years, I'm telling people it has no meaning, and all of a sudden there's meaning. I, I had no clue whatsoever. So, I, you know, I when I spoke to Verdeen, I, you know, I got Marilyn's number and I called Marilyn up and interviewed her um, for the column, and we had this wonder. Marilyn White is such a wonderful, lovely person. It's just she is absolutely adorable. I mean, just wonderful. Anyway, we spoke for about an hour, and um, you know, I said the 21st of September actually had meaning. And she goes, when I went into my doctor originally in this early in the summer, he said, you know, it looks like you're going to be due on September 21st. And, uh, she went home and she told Maurice, but she, Maurice was so busy writing with Allie that he, she just figured he'd never remember. You know, it's like, okay, I'm just letting him know, putting him on notice, but it probably won't be the 21st anyway, but I just want Maurice to know. Um, and, You know, her son was born early, you know, on August 1st, actually, not September 21st. Um, But soon after, shortly after, uh, Maurice came home and he wanted her to hear one of the songs that were coming, that was coming out. And he puts on the, Marilyn says he puts on the demo tape and he plays the tape and she hears the 21st of September line in September. And she says, oh, my God, you, you remembered and she said, Maurice said, "Yeah, I remembered." Aww. So, as Marilyn said to me at the very end, she said it was like a a secret message that Maurice had embedded in this hit from her to her and her son, almost as a birth birth gift, you know, as a as a tribute uh, to the whole thing. As isn't if the that?
0: song itself isn't sweet enough as is, right? <laughs> uh, seriously. I know. Well, and the fact I know. that
2: he thought she thought he wasn't listening yeah she thought he was tied up with his work writing yeah. his music and yeah. that it was like an afterthought and then she hears the demo and it's like this confirmation that even if we're busy i heard you honey
1: yeah, exactly and i you know i called up verdine and i said hey did you know that the 21st of september has meaning he goes no way and i said yeah and i told him the story he goes I didn't even know that. This is his brother. I know. He says, I didn't even know that. He wow. goes, that is completely news to me. Uh, and, and finally, um, Marilyn gets the Wall Street Journal after it comes out with a column. And she sends me an email. And she said, I, I can barely write this. I'm crying. I, she goes, it, it, it this thing brought it all back for me. It really brought it all back. It, a lot of me true up. love. Yeah, that the email choked me up when I opened it up. It was Which like, is, oh my God. Can,
0: I mean, can you imagine being heard? Because this is a song that's still, it's in the air. You know, it might not be on like the quote unquote contemporary radio stations, but you know, if you go to a wedding, you're gonna hear it. You go to a picnic, you're gonna hear it. You go to Too a ubiquitous. cookout, you're hear it. You're still gonna hear it on, you know, dull contemporary. Like I'm sure she just must get a like a little, a little gleam in her eye every time she hears it. But the yeah. fact
2: is that we wouldn't know about this if Allie hadn't been out to dinner right that night, lunch, and yeah, at lunch, and if that person hadn't asked her, like it's just. Or it's, if
1: I couldn't get Verdine to give me Marilyn's number. Right,
2: there's so many little yeah. things there that yeah. it's it's almost like. Maurice lives on
1: yeah yeah I and can't... like I said you know that when when I've made when my when my column has made someone choke up and cry to me that's you know it makes me cry really uh, I, f- I find we do it yeah.
0: I find it amazing that Verdine White didn't even know he w- that's you know, how much of a, he uh,
1: wasn't shining him either I mean he yeah. he was like what I mean he, it wasn't like oh yeah yeah you know ah, I didn't really know that I mean he was like what what what, what? That you got to be kidding!
0: I he, I didn't even know that.
2: Well, he would been the uncle. Yeah. More, you know?
0: and more importantly, he never thought to ask. You know, back in the day, like at seven eight when they recorded it, half their lyrics don't yeah, mean anything, or, but, right?
2: or maybe Maurice never didn't just as you said a secret handshake between lovers.
0: That's it. Maybe
2: that's why. That's it. It's a privacy. Never it's a privacy
0: it phrase. Right? He's sitting around. He's still trying to figure out Serpentine Fire. So he's like, it's not even. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I'll I'll deal with that date <laughs> thing later. <laughs> All right, man! Wow, what a story! The all maestro. Right. <laughs> we're we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, Mark Myers, as always, is gonna take us through what what is it? The baseline. How are we gonna get there? Yeah, we're gonna do something
1: different today. Uh, it's cool. We're gonna. I, I've I've got tracks that break down this whole song and show you how, how. I'm gonna show you how they put it all together. Just the bass, just the vocals, and how they assembled it. It's oh, really quite
0: fascinating. Can't cool. wait. But you will have to wait just a couple of minutes on feedback. Stick around.
2: You're listening to Feedback with Nick Carter and Lori Majewski.
0: This is Anatomy of a Song. On Feedback. Breaking down music's evolution. And the role each song played in shaping our culture. All right, attention, Hacker Dorks. We have amazing news for you. Dell has announced their semi annual sale and they're giving you 17% off. 17% off, usually reserved just for their employees. Get the latest Dell and Alienware computers with Intel Core processors plus leading edge monitors, all with free shipping. Call them 1 800 Buy Dell or go to the website, slash semi annual sale. That is perfection. That really is. EWF. Uh, September. Uh, Mark Myers has just broken down the anatomy of that song, and now he's going to take us to the next level. Uh, let's instead of the ten
1: separate songs, which is what we, what I usually do. You know, we just go down that related related song list. Let's break this song down, September, into its various tracks, almost as if we're in the studio mixing it. Um, the the opening there that that tinky tinky opening is about two or three guitars there's a keyboard in there but let's let's i let me run this let's run a track isolating the first guitar um as as a backing track so you can hear that guitar pronounced
0: yeah love that Never knew the the piano is really. Oh what the electric you'll, it you'll it hear a track Beautiful. with just
1: the electric piano, Beautiful. it's unbelievable. Let's do a guitar number two on there.
0: That's so good.
1: Yeah. I mean you can hear it broken out everything. Alright, okay. there's the drum knot. You can hear that rhythm guitar, right? Tink it, tinga, tinka, tinka, tinga, tinka, tinka, tinga, ting. That's the guitar. The guitar and rhythm guitar. All right, let's put the bass on. Let's Wait, put... listen
0: to those open chords. That's a... I never noticed that. Yeah, it's almost
1: like um, it's almost like Barry White's orchestra on there, right? Um, let's let's uh, let's listen to uh, the bass part by Verdeen White. That'll jump out. Killer bass. All right, let's um, let's 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 uh, let's boost that. Let's 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 uh, get Verdine's bass, but let's boost it.
0: He just makes the bass float, man. Oh it's yeah, amazing. Yeah,
1: it's like he's like surfing the waves of it. You know?
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Bass drum. Here comes the bass. And here. All right, let's do just the electric piano track, which is, I think, my favorite track on this.
0: I mean, that bass, he's just doing scales, but they're just perfect. Yeah, yeah,
1: big time. And this is just the Fender. Once you hear this, hang on. Oh man, right?
0: I mean you could just listen to this whole track all day, right? There is nothing more distinctive than a Fender Rhodes. Yeah. Nothing.
1: So you're really hearing a sandwich of all this stuff, but oh. we we we're, we're, we're taking the meat out and the cheese and the lettuce and everything. Um a nice let, vegan sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh let's just let's add the horns and the strings on top.
0: remember the earth wind and fire horns became like famous like genesis even brought them in yeah. to play on abacab yeah wow percussion on the guitar
1: there oh. so l- now let's mix let's mix the isolated horns the guitars the bass and the background vocals jimmy jam you listening to this this is your shit right
0: here man <laughs> this is the stuff he loves
1: <laughs> this is horns guitars bass and background that's it Without the vocal All right, let's get Maurice in the studio. Let's get Maurice in the studio and let's let's get the vocal recorded and let's overdub the vocal.
0: It's so sweet, but it's also a little melancholic too. Oh, it's so good. You know when they turned this into Columbia, they must have like Columbia must have been like we can get them out of the quote-unquote r&b like out of the ghetto out of the disco this is just going to be a pop smash it's big uh let's
1: just let's drop in uh, let's get maurice's uh let's overdub maurice's uh vocal acapella this is just maurice singing with headphones on do you remember 21st night september Whew. love was changing the minds pretenders while chasing the clouds
0: away our hearts were ringing in the key that our souls were singing
1: as we danced in the night remember how the stars stole the
0: night away It. so it's that's Ma-
1: just that's just the vocal
0: Maurice has a little phase on his voice that's yeah. about it and then Philip Bailey comes just blaring through
1: exactly exactly and then what they did is they would take that vocal and that would be overdubbed on top of all the other layers we heard that's how you put a hit together you get the lyrics you got those set then you get the music that's all set and then when you're recording it you're recording the rhythm section first and you're adding things you're layering things on on multi-track. that's you know it's, it's nerdy but I think by illustrating it this way for the listener, the average person who knows nothing about this stuff and doesn't know what a studio is can now hear how these things are built like a sandwich. Um, Let's listen to the finished version which is track 10. Um, Let's listen to the uh, final version so you can hear it all put together the way you would hear it on the radio. And actually you will hear it on the radio since that's how you're listening to this. So I've got one more track up my sleeve. Um, This is a real treat. Uh, This is Verdeen White on bass with his granddaughter, Rena Nee, in 2018, recording this together. And let's jump in 53 seconds on that. Um, You'll just hear, because I don't want to, you know, there's a lot of talk in the beginning about her granddad and everything else. But it's just his granddaughter and Verdeen on bass uh, singing September.
0: Go ahead. Isn't that sweet? He sounds like the Crusaders, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so just need a bone in there, chombo.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is last year?
1: Yeah, last year. And what you have is a synthesizer running the strings there, but Verdeen is literally there with the bass. It's just the bass and the vocal together. See, I, I heard I, it
2: one, there. I didn't hear all in all there.
1: Yeah, that's right. She announced you know, it. At one point Verdine turns and looks at her. It's like he's like, "Wow, you're really hitting this thing. You're really nailing it. You're really nailing it." Um, so, you know, when you when you layer it like this, you you get to see that Music is an amazing thing, but it's, it's also the music you hear on record. There's a studio process that takes place that is just as ornate and as complex and as intricate as the songwriting process itself. A, lyrics and music are nothing until it's built in the studio. And then... I mean as you can hear, you know a lot of a lot of times you hear songs where you hear the original and it's eh, not that good and the next one it's okay and then you hear like Gladys Knight do it and suddenly it's whoa it you know between the production and Gladys Knight and the Pips you know they just knock the thing right out of the park.
0: Yeah, that deconstruction because I mean I I do think there are still people that think that you know a records made a band goes in the studio they all play together. And that's I mean it does happen but it's pretty rare. Like that's literally Definitely. built like like Lego, from yeah. the ground up. Yeah, absolutely, wow. absolutely. This was a great one. That was an amazing. Yeah, one. you like I that, love
2: huh? the way you put that last segment together. Yeah. it was so fun. And it, send, it brings, it shows you the magic.
0: Can you send me that Rhodes track? I've never heard that song deconstructed. Yeah, actually, amazing. Um, Matt's got it. All right, Mark Myers, as always, thank you. At SiriusXM Volume, great seeing you guys. Check it out. We tweeted out the story. You have to read it tomorrow. Fastball plays live, and Larry Flick with new music. Have a good day.